0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It happens to each one of us. You're driving along the road or on the highway up to the city, and a car drives by. And on the back of that car, there's a bumper sticker. And it's one of those bumper stickers. One that just smacks you right in the face. It's, it's something that you've... Develop strong opinions on but that bumper sticker it's it's the they have it all wrong they're on the other side of the argument and it cuts right to the heart of the thing that you're passionate about and you think oh geez one of those people when i was 16 i purchased my own very first bumper sticker it was solid black bold white lettering with a very simple message. I plastered it right on the bumper of my light blue 1993 Toyota Camry, and and as I zipped and zagged around the road with my punk rock music blasting at full volume and not a care in the world, you know what message was last seen by every disgruntled driver I left in my dust? Real men love Jesus probably wasn't the best bumper sticker when you're a driver like i was in fact on a rare moment of self-reflection i realized that it was probably better for me to take that sticker off my car or change my driving habits and you can guess which one i chose took me two hours to get that sticker off my car Bumper stickers. They're just another way to get our opinions out into the world. Before Forrest Gill, a silkscreen printer from Kansas City, created the world's first bumper sticker in the 1940s, Americans printed metal signs and wired them to chrome bumpers in the 30s. And before that, I'm sure people found other ways to share their opinions, but fast forward to today. And there's certainly no shortage of ways to get your opinions out into the world. Just think in the last 20 years with the invention of social media platforms that maybe we could start calling opinion media platforms like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube where people are free to post their opinions on everything 24-7. And speaking of 24-7, the 24-7 opinions cycle on our TVs or the recent conversion of newspapers into opinions papers. And I don't know when that took place, but it seems like it's very rare these days to read a story that just simply presents facts and what happened, rather than someone's opinion about what happened. Yes, all these things one might say that today we live in a world overflowing with opinion that we're drowning in opinions and that we're eating, sleeping, and drinking. Nothing but opinions, but that's just my opinion. But regardless, St. Paul's words here are extremely relevant for today, and they are helpful to the Christian. He writes in Romans 14, "...for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him and do not quarrel over opinions." Don't let opinions get in the way of welcoming people, loving people. People are more important than the opinions that they may have, and our attitude should strive to be one of welcoming one another, even if they do have a different opinion than us, and not quarreling over opinions. Now, a distinction here does need to be made that will help us stay on the right path. Lutherans actually have a very fancy church word for this. It's one of those $2 words. The word is adiaphora. Adiaphora, that is something which is neither commanded nor forbidden in the scriptures. In other words, adiaphora is something that you are free to form your own opinion on, to come to your own faithful conclusion, to follow it without fear or judgment that you might be in the wrong. Adiaphora is... Some, when you're presented with a choice or a dilemma or a decision, in God's word, it, it doesn't give a definite or a definitive answer. And so you have to form an opinion. These are the places where you are in the realm of Adiaphora. And so you research, you inform yourself. As Paul says, you become fully convinced in your own mind what is right and you follow it to the honor of the Lord, and that is good. But when you meet someone who's of a different mind, who has formed a different opinion than you, then you welcome them, and you don't quarrel with them. It's important to see this difference, this distinction. Paul is talking about opinions, after all. Adiaphora. He's not talking about God's word. He's not talking about whether or not it's okay to, I don't know, steal. Whether or not it's okay to lie or deceive by the name of the Lord. You can't form your own opinion on those things. God's word speaks to that. We're bound by his word. We're not talking about whether or not one can be saved without faith in Jesus. We're not talking about whether or not marriage is God's action of bringing a man and a woman together for life. We have God's clear word on those things. Those aren't opinions. Opinions or adiaphora is when God has not given us a clear word on a matter and you come across this decision or dilemma and you're free to make up your own mind on what you think is best for your neighbor, for your children, for your spouse, for yourself, and you you honor the Lord with that decision. See, in Paul's day, the great debate then was whether or not a Christian could eat meat. Christians, people in general, we've we've always seem to form strong opinions up and down the centuries even to today about what you can eat and what you shouldn't eat. Vegetarian or, or meat lovers. But back then it was a little more complicated. The meat that you would purchase in the marketplace in Paul's day was first almost always sacrificed to a foreign god in a foreign temple. So was it okay for a Christian to buy that? because it certainly wouldn't sit right in my stomach. Was it blasphemous to purchase that meat that was first sacrificed to a foreign god, a false idol? And secondly, there was a strict dietary law that the Jews followed for hundreds of years that was not based on opinion, but on the very word of God in the Old Testament, where God clearly lined out what you should eat and what you should not eat. But in Christ, Christians believe that we have been set free from the law. So does that mean that we can now eat meat? Are we free from that law, or are we still bound? And as you know, Christians back then, just as we still do today, they form strong opinions about what to eat and not to eat, what to drink and what not to drink. So some Christians back then said they formed the opinion that, that yes, you can. You can eat the meat. You're free in Christ. He's freed you from the law. You can eat the meat in good conscience. But come on, we, we all have opinions and we know that they hardly ever stop there. If they did, that would be good. But before you know it, you begin attacking the other side. Not only can you eat the meat, they would say, but those people who say that you can't eat the meat, well, I hate to say it, but they're a bunch of legalists. Religious Pharisees, more or less, they're they're too concerned about laws. Their decisions, they don't flow from the heart like ours. They don't have true spiritual relationship like we do. I doubt if they're even Christians, to be honest with you. You're better off just avoiding them. Don't have anything to do with them. And just like that, our opinions ruin our relationship with one another. And of course... On the other side of the debate back then were faithful Christians saying, no, don't eat the meat. And those people who say that you can, well, they're a bunch of lawbreakers. They're encouraging lawlessness. Don't listen to them as they boast of having such great spiritual awareness. They themselves don't follow God's word as they demand of others or claim to of themselves That would be best if you just didn't talk with them. Because they boasted nothing but themselves, really. And so faced with people placing opinions over other people, what does Paul write? He says, Brothers, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weaker one eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? Do not pass judgment. Do not despise the other, but welcome one another in the Lord. Opinions can be troublesome, especially the opinions that become deeply ingrained in us. And because none of us wants to be wrong, our opinions can pose a real danger to what truly matters. Human relationship friendship connection with one another opinions cause can cause irreconcilable differences they can cause anger and resentment which festers for years in people they can divide us back then christians wrestled with whether or not to put certain foods in our mouths but today we are consumed by what we should put over our mouths are we free Are we bound? Am I right? Are you wrong? I imagine each of you, when it comes to our response to COVID-19, that you have opinions. About masks? About government shutdowns? About which hand sanitizer smells the best? Good, Paul would say. Inform yourself. And be fully convinced in your own mind and honor the Lord with your decision. But don't quarrel about it. But welcome one another. The one who is convinced of an entirely different approach, although you may fervently disagree with them, welcome them. The Christian response is not to be wishy-washy in our thinking, not at all. It's to be fully convinced in our own mind, to inform ourselves, and to make a decision. But with that, our response cannot be that of anger or bitterness towards those who think differently, but to welcome one another. For if we love those who love us, what good is that, our Lord says? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? It is a difficult road to walk. Welcome one another in the Lord. Pro-mask, anti-mask, or whatever the strong opinion of the weak or the age becomes, don't let the opinion get in the way of what is most important in our world. Human connection, relationships with one another, genuine love and friendship, welcoming one another as the Lord has so welcomed you. He knew all of the opinions, the same Greek word here, although some translations translate it the thoughts or the desires of the heart. He knew all of the opinions and the thoughts of those gathered around him. Before they even spoke a word, he knew them all, and so he knows yours too. He knows the opinions you have of the people that he has created and placed before you. He knows the opinions... That you have of the governing authorities that He has established for your good. He knows the opinions that you have of your boss, your co worker, your spouse, your friends, and your enemies. And even when you think yourself wise and that your opinion is of the same as our Lord's own opinion, He says in the word that you are a fool. Psalm 94. I know the opinions of those who think themselves wise, but before me, they're fools. Our Lord knows all of this about you, before you even speak a word, but yet none of it got in his way. He not only welcomed you into his own home and into his own family, but he came all the way down here, and he ran after you with an unyielding and ever faithful and un. Dying love, not because of the opinions that you have, but because you are his. You were made by him. You are male or female in his image and in his likeness. You're a person, a human. You have intrinsic worth. You're valuable and precious and beautiful to him, not because of the way you think, but simply because. He created you. He formed you. Fashioned you together and knitted you together in your mother's womb, all by a sheer act of his grace and mercy and will. And he died for you. And he rose again from the dead for you. And so he has welcomed you and all sinners into his home. And so we strive to welcome one another, seeing Each other first as people who are made in the image of God, and because of that fact alone, which is not opinion, we then welcome one another. Paul beckons you to no longer quarrel over opinion and to forget the person and who made them, the one who stands in front of you. As Thomas Jefferson once put it, I never considered a difference of opinion in politics, religion, or philosophy as a cause for withdrawing from a friend. And so may the Lord heal your relationships wrought by opinions of old. And may the Lord give you peace in his forgiveness won by his cross. And may the Lord bless your relationships with the people that he has placed around you and in front of you.